be admitted after the guests check in. Um, 
uses the shovel to decapitate the groundskeeper of the cemetery was up there. Yeah, that was a classy scene. Yeah, though I don't think that could actually happen. You could take a shovel and cut half of a man's head off with it. It was a sharp shovel. Not all in one sweep. Probably not, no. He was was all, you know, like, boned up and strengthened up from bone in a corpse, you know? But he had just gotten a nice rest next to a dead sex worker. Yeah, it was good. But no, my favorite part was, uh, was there's a scene where he goes to see a horror movie and the horror movie was the best part of the movie. It was so, it was so bizarre. It was like the rest of the movie, but like everything was like on morphine and then there was this girl just like wailing and screaming and you don't even see her get murdered. And I like the sounds of it, the sounds of the shuffling and then she would like close the door and it would like stop shuffling and then it would shuffle. It was very strange. It was it was it was erotic. And the killer like wasn't remote. Didn't even seem all that interested no. in killing her. Like no. it was something yeah. he had to do. Yeah. Like and I got Yeah, she was just <laughs> shuffling along too. She didn't look scared. Like, no, when they showed her face, she was like clearly not worried about it. No. Like, uh, no, uh, I like the meta aspect of it too. The movie inside of the movie. Mm. But it was really funny that the pacing of the movie inside of the movie. But by far, my favorite part was the very end. Uh, <laughs> well, let's not spoil it for anybody. Can yeah. we not describe that scene? No. Wow. It's like... I really want to, Yeah. but I'm, I won't. Watch the movie, but uh, do note that um, if you have a problem with like the movie uh, Cannibal Holocaust, where they kill animals on the screen might turn you off to this, but uh, all in all, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a classy flick, and uh, I, I, if I'm remembering right, I think it's Herman Kopp who does the 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 uh, soundtrack for it, who's famous because, yeah, Herman Kopp, because he's on, um, he's on Glock Toro or whatever, uh, House or Offness, um record label, and he's done work for them, and they've re-released the score several times for Necromantic because it's like a lot of like strings and dissonance and scary sounds and it's it's like an early not even early i guess it's it's like you know late 80s but uh kind of a little industrial thing that's really good and unusual and unpleasant so check it out i love the soundtrack yeah especially the uh little happy scene he had yeah yeah yeah. i i found that interesting the the cut between like really intense spooky music to like dreamy music. Yeah, there was a lot of aspects of it that reminded me of, like, the work of Takashi and Miike, where they'll have all this, like, hyper-violence and gore, and then, like, cut to, like, you know, musical stuff, or cut to, like, family scenes, and, like, all these, like, just, like, strange back and forth with the mood, and, uh, I definitely would give it, like, three and a half wet kisses out of five, I think. Three and a half, uh, iron bars for penises out out of five. five. Yeah. 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 Okay, I can get down three and a half. Yeah, I can. <laughs> Zing. I wasn't sold in the first ten minutes. Oh. But I thought I was really going to dislike the whole movie. Yeah. And it, the tides turned on me. The skeleton lovemaking scene really, really changed my Resonate, mind. Resonated it resonated you. deeply with me. I thought we were watching a romantic comedy at one point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely was a breakup movie, so... You know, for those lonely hearts out there, uh, watch it, watch it, 
watch it. <laughs> watch it. And uh, what you do in your own home while you watch it is yeah, up that's to you. Yeah, that's your business. Your if you business. want to send us pictures, we're fine with that. Yeah, that's all. that would be our business. Yeah. <laughs> we won't post them probably. <laughs> but I think it's a nice segue into uh, into Ben's topic of research. Do you, you want, to tell do you us want about me to go that? first? Oh, yeah. All right. So we all pitched, uh, picked interesting sexual fetishes. Uh, I was going to go one way, looked into it, didn't find it all that interesting personally. And um, I kind of got on to necrophilia. Wah, wah, wah. So um, necrophilia, by definition, is someone who enjoys having sex with a corpse. Now, um, is that like Webster's definition? <laughs> pretty much. Merriam-Webster uh, defines you're, you're, necrophilia. I, I'm paraphrasing. Okay, that's what I thought. But uh, or it gets sexually aroused by a corpse. Mm. Um, but uh, I, I found some things that like I, I, I had no idea about. Um, so please tell us. <laughs> the origin of the term comes from like the 1850s and uh, Belgian by a Belgian physician Joseph. Oh, I'm gonna butcher this. Got it. Gooselain. Uh, old Gooselain. Uh, he pretty much coined the term necrophiles. Uh, he was giving this lecture about um, about mental illness and referenced this infamous necrophile Francis Bertrand and the term was popularized about a decade later by a different psychiatrist named Benedict Morrill and uh, you know it's 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 so it's so strange like how much information I, I found in this and I'm not gonna like uh, stick too much into this but like there's accounts throughout all of history about it. Yeah. You know, it's not like something new. Like yeah, it's like banging kids. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Except, strangely enough, less illegal. Well, I would That's not hope strangely so. enough. Yeah. Corpses, you know. Yeah. What if you bang a... Uh, you can't traumatize a corpse. Depends on how you get the corpse. Is, is well, okay, fair enough. But, you know, just a found body, yeah. that's fair game. Oh, well, I'll, I'll get to found bodies. That's... <laughs> So um, it's it's pretty sporadic in, in history, and it was present in ancient Egypt. George Washington was an necrophiliac. Right? Oh yeah, that's that's oh. how that's that's how he got the wooden teeth. That right. Ah. I don't need to explain that to you guys. Right. <laughs> but um, right. Never put that. So Classic George, honesty. So in ancient Egypt, uh, to discourage corpse boning, uh -huh. which apparently was a problem, ancient <laughs> Egyptians would leave out beautiful women who died uh -huh. and like let them rot for a little bit before they embalmed them which i thought was oh because they yeah they embalmed <laughs> corpses yeah. yeah dang but so it's like egyptians were real so apparently like it was a real problem and uh there was this great tyrant tyrant who is named periander yeah who Periander. defiled the corpse of his wife and this is mm, history this is uh this is pretty good uh and this created the metaphor uh, Periander baked his bread in a cold oven. Is that a metaphor? Apparently, for well, bone in the corpse. So, I, I think that's like a. Is that, is that what a metaphor is? I feel like it's I don't a, know, that's but more of a, a baking your bread in a cold oven. A is, euphemism. Yeah, a euphemism. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely my new term for banging the corpse. Don't know how often I'm gonna get to use it Probably yet, but like, often you, know, you, think, you know, yeah. gonna gonna lock that in the old bone in mind so vault. So he boned his closet. dead wife a lot. Uh, well, no, she died, and, and he started fucking her. So, yeah. which, you know, it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. It's just that's necromantic. Yeah, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> necromantic. We just watched a movie about this. Yeah. 
So, um, and then there's like acts of necrophilia depicted mm. in ceramics from the Mochi culture, which was in North Peru from the first to the eighth century CE. Um, so the cool thing about these artifacts is, strangely enough, it wasn't it wasn't a man having sex with a corpse. It was the masturbation of a male skeleton by a living woman, Ooh. which which I thought was kind of cool. What? I, 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 I wasn't able to find any pictures of these, but like that sounds like something pretty cool to look at, like, you know, fucking art or whatever. But masturbating the skeleton. Yeah. Like jerking off but the, the main bone. But there's no bone that runs. No. Okay, I'm not going to get into semantics. Yeah. Semantics for ceramics. Yeah. <laughs> Those words sound similar. Sounds like, uh, like a math rock band. So... The Hittite law from the 16th century BC through the 13th century BC um, permitted sex with the dead, strangely enough. Um, and so, I mean, that's not too strange in that time. No, no. To like, rather than raping a bunch of people, get to have sex with a corpse now and again, right? I, I think that's sound reasoning. I mean, you know, it's, it. I guess they did frown upon it, you know, but um, so. The thing I found, one of the things I found most interesting about this research was um, how it's characterized in the DSM-5, which is the Diagnostic and Statistic Manual of Mental Disorders, 5th edition, mm. which you can find, you know, pretty much all um, mental illness stuff, and, like yeah. it's all categorized in there, and how yeah. to, I guess, uh, the descriptions. Yeah, the descriptions and how to categorize it. That is. So, um, I'm a doc. It's true. There are 10 tier classifications. What? And I'm gonna tell you guys which one's my favorite one. So the first one, which isn't that bad, and I could see like, you know, people doing and not being too disgusted with is, is role players. So people who are aroused from pretending that their live partner is, is dead. So you oh, know, I do that all the time. You put them in a bathtub full of ice. Get full of ice, cold. yeah, make sure they don't move. Um, romantic uh, necrophiliacs, which uh, we talked about that guy who bakes his bread in a cold oven, which bereaved people who remain attracted to their dead lover's body. Mm. That's tier two. Yes. Okay. Tier three is necrophiliac fantasizers. People who fantasize about necrophilia, but never actually have sex with a corpse. Uh, so was that tier three? Big pussies. I don't think it's like a like Well, a so far, none of them have actually depicted having sex with a corpse. Right. Tier two just means that you're still sexually attracted to the corpse of your Lover. Lover, who's dead. You're not banging. You're not banging, though. I'm imagining this is a delicious necrophiliac cake. Well, they, they only get more interesting. So, right, four, tactile necrophiliacs. Can you guess what that is? Yeah, touching touch, touch a dead body. People who are aroused by the touching or stroking of a corpse uh, without engaging in intercourse. Victoria. Right. Frank is now uh, stroking Shut up. not a corpse. Definitely not a corpse. Um... Fetishistic necrophiliacs. That's like so, watching porn of it. No. So, we actually saw a little bit of this in the movie. So, it's people who remove objects, panties, or a tampon, or body parts, fingernails, genitalia, fingers, from corpses for sexual purpose without engaging in intercourse. Okay. So, that was like the, that's why, like, when I was watching this movie, like, I'm watching him go through, like, all the things outside of, I think, like, one and two. Um,. Necromutilomaniacs. 
That's a good Mutilating dead bodies and getting off on it. Exactly. While masturbating. Yeah. Without engaging in sex with a corpse. Well, if you, like, cut off a corpse's hand and use it to wank you, is that another tear? Is that that tear? Uh, I I think... I I just want to know for a friend. No, I think it's still that tear. Because you're still masturbating. You're not actually having sex with the corpse, though. And you're mutilating. Because, like, you know, if you're getting a hand job, you're not, like... Yeah. Next day you don't go up to your buddies like, yo, dude, I totally got laid last night. Well, maybe you do if you're a loser. Yeah, you're a fucking nerd. Um, opportun- this is my favorite one. Tier 7, opportunistic necrophiliacs. People who normally have no interest in having sex with a dead body, but if the opportunity arises... How do you meet those guys? <laughs> like, how's that? <laughs> well, I guess it's somebody who, like, that's how they justify their... It's like, yo, bro, like, would you ever have sex with a corpse? I mean, if I found one... <laughs> No, you'd be like, ah, no, dude, no. It's like, well, I got one. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I'd be, I'd be down to go to pound. I would, I would touch a, I would touch a body. Yeah, but you wouldn't fuck it. No, no, no. I'm not saying I'm not tier ten or whatever. Would you, would you do it a set? Like, would you just like touch a dead body? Would you like, if it was like a attractive female, would you like grab a little titty? Yeah. You would grab a little titty. Well, I mean, a little titty. Maybe uh, check the temperature. You yeah, know yeah, it's fresh. Oh. I mean, like, right. Like, I think I want cold without, like, bowels unloaded. You know? Yeah. Okay, so now we're on eight. I don't think I do know. Regular necrophiliacs, people who, uh, they they would like to have sex with it. They, they, they have sex with corpses, but it's not, like, their main thing. Mm-hmm. Um, homicidal necrophiliacs, which I'm sure we will cover continuously on this podcast, mm. are people who commit murder in order to have sex with the dead. Uh-huh. And the top in ultimate tier, number 10, exclusive necrophiliacs, the true necrophiliacs, people who have an exclusive interest in sex with the dead and cannot perform at all for living partners. Mm. There. Which is I probably mean, gotta be the worst. Yeah. I mean, you could grave rob, but you'd have to get them like... Well, I think, it's, I think it's like right. uh, that episode of uh, It's Always Sunny, you know, where they, they think they're addicted to eating human flesh and they go to the mortuary, the, the morgue, and the guy's like, I don't care what you do, and they got like a hot plate and yeah. all the rest. But I mean, I feel like you find a friendly mortician and yeah. you say, hey, I can only get my bones off of bodies. Uh-huh. <laughs> Anyway, and um, slip him a fifty. Yeah, slip him a five. Yeah. I, I feel like fifty is a lot of money for yeah, a good time with the corpse. I mean, it's not like she's got to pay it. Well, I don't know. I mean, his body, his business is bodies. I feel like well, you just become a mortician. Yeah, Duh. there you go. Well, we'll actually, we'll 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 get to that. Nice. So um, there's these two gentlemen, Rosman and uh, Resnick, 1989. Um, they were studying necrophilia and they uh, studied 34 cases. Um, and this is like the cop that every time I brought this up to somebody that I was told, told them I was researching this, this was like the mo- main questions as to like, you know, why would people do that? Uh-huh. So, um, the individuals stated that, you know, 68% of them had the, des- the desire to possess a non-resisting and non-rejecting partner. So pretty much fear of rejection. So yeah. neck beards. Yeah, exactly. They just want like a living doll. Right. But... Dead. Yeah, they want to. They want to. They want to. You know, go down to Bone Town, but you know, don't want to have to do any of the work. I'm a body. Really like the way that we're describing sex. Yep. That's and how it uh, is. back to having sex with your dead partner. Reunions with uh, romantic partner, which is about twenty one percent. 
Uh, sexual attraction to corpses is only 15%. Hmm. Strangely enough. Well, but people can lie. This is true. Self-reported. Yeah, I mean, this is this was a study done, like, and mind you, this was in 1989, but so I couldn't find anything on current rulings about it. I get that. I get it being less about being attracted to a dead body and more about the power that comes with fucking a dead body. Right. Like control. Yeah. Like, it's... I get that. Yeah, it's hot. Um, so... 15% do it for comfort or overcoming feelings of isolation, which makes me feel like, like, wouldn't you feel more isolated if, like, you're, like, banging a corpse unless you have, like, <laughs> you know, you know Negros <laughs> Anonymous where, like, you and your yeah. buddies just go out and, like, that's you know, what have a few is. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what NA is. They're all just fucking corpses. <laughs> hey. And, um, 12% uh, seek self-esteem by expressing power over a homicide victim. Uh, so, stri- like as as far as necrophiliacs go, the people who t- murder to do it is is pr- actually pretty low on the percentage. Yeah, which well that makes sense because most people don't murder people. Right. So, um, it's necrophilia is pretty you know it's assumed to be rare, but there's no actual data like of how prevalent it is in the general population. Yeah, not a lot so, of self-reporting necrophiliacs. Yeah. yeah, like, a lot of people will, like, fantasize about it without actually carrying out the act itself. Well, I think it's like getting into any fetish where, like, for, like, a couple weeks you're just watching, like, German Shepherds bang girls, and then you're like, I'm not really feeling this anymore. Yeah, well, there's, there's these two other uh, psychiatrists, uh, Clough and Brown, who pretty much stated that, although rarely described, in, like, necrophiliac fantasies might occur more often than people suppose. Sure. Which, you know. Yeah, I get that. Sex is fun. Um, it sure is. So, uh, Rosman and Resnick uh, then reviewed 122 cases. This is kind of conflicting. Whatever. Um, pretty much stating, you know, like, there's, you know, levels to this shit. Pseudo. Yeah. So, like, you know, pseudo necrophiles and, uh, you know, people who actually are genuine necrophiles. You know, all that good stuff. Um, so, there, you know, there's people who act out of opportunity, statism, or a transient interest. Uh, now, it's not only men mm-hmm. who want to ban corpses. Yeah, 92% are male. Whenever this study was done. I apologize that I don't have uh, dates sourced. But um, 8% were female. And uh, about 50% of them, 57% were genuine necrophiles that had... Okay, so this is the thing where I get a lot of um, conflicting information. And I wasn't really able to find anything concrete about this. Uh-huh. But, um, so, according to these guys, apparently 50% of genuine necrophiles, like people who actually have sex with corpses, um, had oc- occupational access to the corpses. Wait, what was the percentage? Uh, 57%. See, now that makes sense. Because, like, when else are you surrounded by, for, like, that to emerge? Well, here's the, here's the thing. So, like, most, like, I, I found a few things stating that, like, yes, it is not uncommon in, in those circles. More workers, morticians, uh, stuff like that for this to happen. Um, but then, you know, most of the things that I found stating against it have been people who work in that field. 
So it could be like a conflict of interest, like, oh no, we don't have sex with dead bodies, and like, you know, trying to make themselves seem less creepy. I feel like it's two things. It's either you get into that, and this is not a statement on morticians at all, but in terms of people who are necrophiliacs, like, you get into that field because of your interest, or you realize you are interested because you're surrounded by corpses all the time, which is probably not the case for every mortician, then. I'm sorry to all the morticians yeah. that I just defended. Yeah, well, I think it's the same thing with, like, cops who, uh, like, are part of, like, child pornography rings and stuff like that. Like, a small percentage of them, like, wind up getting into child pornography because of exposure. And mm-hmm. I think that, like, you can learn behaviors like that. You don't have to necessarily have long-standing... Well, actually, I'll actually get to um, that. I don't know. I'll just uh, somewhat state that, like... Uh, Either you're a necrophile or you're not. Uh, you can't just learn to love fucking your corpse. Why? There, there's a story I'll get to about that. I don't know. Maybe I fucked a corpse a few times. Maybe it doesn't feel right right away, but I'm... Right, I think the it's idea. like the first time you take it in the butt. Like, you know, yeah. it's uncomfortable. You're not yeah, used to it. I don't know, because it's... I anyway, feel like you could get into it if I'll, you want to. I'll... I'll there, I that's, didn't like that's later in my research. Maybe, but... Um, <laughs> I've also got a ton of stuff about like where it's illegal in other, where like what the legality of it is in other countries, but I'm really only going to get into America. Anyway, so um, researchers they kind of like you know try to figure out you know the mental habits of uh, necrophiles, and uh, they tend to develop um, poor self-esteem, perhaps due to a significant loss. Uh, they're very fearful of rejection by others and they desire a sexual partner who is incapable of rejecting them. Mm. Or they are fearful of the dead and transform their fear by means of reaction formation into desire. So anyway, um, so essentially I'll kind of gloss over the legality in this country. I did find New Jersey on this list, so apparently you're allowed to fuck a corpse in New Jersey. Which is know. awesome. I bet but, I can um, find that statute right now. It really, it really kind of uh, mixes between misdemeanors and uh, different types of felonies in this country. So, like, uh, Alaska? Misdemeanor. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, there's a lot of weird ducks in Alaska, so they don't want to be arresting them yeah. Tom, Dick, and Harry. <laughs> Something else I found interesting, but I really don't want to go too far into it because it was just so... It was honestly like the longest part of the article I read. Yeah. But um, necrophilia isn't only prevalent in human beings. It's been observed in mammals, birds, reptiles, frogs. Um, there's a story well, about this guy who watched a squirrel fuck another dead squirrel. <laughs> um, Which is interesting because you think that animals only mate for the sake of reproduction. Well, I think, I mean, we all have seen dolphins fuck fish heads on YouTube, but... Dolphins are different. Yeah, but I mean, right, dolphins are advanced, so they come with great ways to get their bones off, but I mean, there's penguins, penguins do it, yeah. Yeah, penguins do it. Yeah, I mean, there's a, I feel like that idea you grow up with when you're a kid is that, like, animals are dumb, but, like, they, they're, like, are in symbiosis, like, they leave out all the raping and the necrophilia. Oddly enough, the only part that had pictures on this whole article was animals fucking dead animals. Mm. Well, I guess we know where this guy's interest lies. So, um... So I'm, I'm just going to go over a, a few famous cases. Uh, the One of the main ones I wanted to go over was uh, Karen uh, Greenlee. She was a apprentice embalmer uh, in California, Sacramento, and she stole a hearse nice. and then spent two days with a 33-year-old man's corpse and then tried to commit suicide by overdosing on codeine. <laughs> 
Um, he, she was found in her in, in the casket of the dead body, and uh, with her was a five-page letter confessing to everything. And she claimed to have slept with twenty to forty dead men. I. When yeah. was this? What year? This was nineteen seventy-nine. Yeah. So what's year. funny is that at the time in California, uh, it was not illegal to have sex with a dead body. So she only got arrested for stealing the hearse, had to pay $255 and 11 days in jail. Um, the main reason I want to bring this one up is because it kind of led to, um, A, the movie we watched, a movie also called uh, Kissed from 1996, some indie film, which I'd actually really like to watch, but that came up a lot in my research, the movie Kissed and Necroman or Necro Necromance? Necromance? I don't know. Whatever the name of the movie was. Necromantic. Necromantic. Um, and then there's a guy from, guess where, New Jersey. Woo! Anthony Marino, he was 24. He was worked at a hospital in Teaneck, New Jersey, and he oh, was wow. found sexually desecrating a 92-year-old woman's oh. dead body inside the morgue. Most of the rest of the other stuff I tried to find on it wasn't that interesting. They're talking about my MySpace page. Who gives a shit? So I tried to... Um, Stay away from uh, murder on this one as much as possible because that's a whole other thing. But um, there was in 2013, Alyssa uh, Massaro, who's 18, and her boyfriend uh, Joshua Minor, 24, plotted a homicide party with two friends, uh, Bethany McKee and Adam Landerman, 19. So um, essentially, what they did was they lured two other people to this house, they strangled them. And then uh, Bethany McKee left because she was like, fuck this shit. And um, the, the three of them stayed there and apparently had sex on the dead bodies. Now I found something that pretty much states that's not true. Um, they threw a sheet over it and apparently had a three-way on top of it. And um, when they were, when the cops found them and they were like stupefied that they found them. Cause <laughs> like, oh, we kidnapped these two other teenagers and murder them. Nobody will look. Uh, they were found playing video games on top of the corpses, apparently. Where and in where New Jersey was this? This, this one wasn't in Jersey. Jersey. This no. was in... I don't remember where this was. That is fucked up. So, well, so here's the thing, right? So I was trying to figure out, like, if you could, like, wean yourself into being a necrophiliac. Mm -hmm. So the point of her and her boyfriend wanting to do this was because Alyssa had this, like... She wanted to... She, she thought she fetishized, you know, sex with corpses and everything. So during her during uh, her uh, trial, um, she claimed that they tried to have sex on top of the bodies, but in their court case the following year, um, the two admitted that they actually had sex next to the bodies and couldn't finish due to feeling uncomfortable during the act. Mm. My favorite part is she was uh, Masaro uh, was actually quoted like. <laughs> According to Minor, after the boys were murdered, Masaro's like, let's have sex. And I was like, let's have sex on the bodies. But we both couldn't get off. Plus, it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I was saying, Plus. like, it's it's probably hey, harder. But th that's a teenager. Teenagers don't know what they want, and they're idiots. <laughs> I bet if I wanted to have sex with bodies and get off, I could work into it. Yeah, like, if you really tried, but, like, would that, like, become your thing is what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, sure. Because I, I really honestly believe that you can learn to like almost anything. Yeah, that's fair. And I think that when it comes to sex, man, you know, you flip some switches, mm -hmm. and eventually... They can't be unflipped. Yeah, 
Then you're just boning on bodies. Mm-hmm. You're boning in bodies. You're boning bodies. Boning so, bodies. And just to kind of gloss over some famous guys, Ed Kemper, Dahmer, Bundy, they were all um, yeah. necrophiles. So, and then there was this interesting story in 2015 about uh, Shakar Lucas, who was um, in the mortuary biz, and uh, claimed, and this is like where I get some of the conflicting issues, because like he claims, it's like, yeah, you know, I had sex with dead bodies all the time, like hundreds of dead bodies, and apparently it's part of the training, he claims, that like, he, like, he had to have sex with a hundred bodies, no, and like, no. Even even if he had a real girlfriend, he'd be cheating on her with a dead body because that's just part of the biz. It says biz in here. That is <laughs> like biz. Yeah, like biz. Um, Fucking dead bodies, dot biz. So, I I I tried to find anything like if you could um, ha- if like you could actually get an STD from um. I bet you did. Well, if you could have sex, well, yeah, of course I did. You know, I, you know, just. For, you know, my library. Right, if we want to do a part two about necrophilia. Yeah, you know, like, if we want to do real research, right. we Out in the field. go to a medical school and, um... Seduce a dead So, anyway, body. there's, like, there's, like, it's, like, an urban legend. It's, I think it started in a movie where, like, uh, I can't remember, it's, like, meiasis or myasis or something. It's, like, pretty much you get insects in your skin from being close to something nasty. And it was this huge... Uh, urban legend that you could get dick bugs and then you could trans and it it happened in a movie where like a dude had sex with a corpse got these dick bugs gave it to his girlfriend why are we watching that movie? Uh, I'm about to find out what it's called and we'll have to watch it so um, pretty much the last thing um, I want to get to is that uh, in Sweden Mm -hmm. uh, in 2016 the Luth or the young wing of Swedish Liberal People's Party mm. called for the repeal of several laws to make consensual sex between brothers and sisters over the age of 15 legal, right. as well as allowing people to bequeath their bodies for intercourse after death. Wow. I like that a lot, though. I feel like that's fair. If I'm going to give away my organs and have all those rights, why can't I give it away instead of decide just to pervert? Well, it's more the incest part that struck me as wrong. What, what? Well, I mean, I think over 18 should be the age, but if you want to bang your sister, like, or a brother or cousin... We're not going to get into... It's not about having kids, but that, that should be... That's like It's the most popular topic. porn in the world right now. Is it really? Banging your sister. It's always on the front page of Pornhub. Yeah, well, I know that, but I mean... Sis- sister slobs on knob like corn on the cob. Yeah, I've seen that one. Catches sister masturbating. Yeah, sister catches... Everybody's catching everybody. <laughs> my, my, my favorite one Sister still is uh, there's from one I watched day. where this, they weren't like blood brother and sister, but their parents were marrying, yeah. and they're like, How their parents happen. are grilling out back, and they're like looking through this big glass door, and they're fucking, and then at the end of it, like they, they finish, and they're like pulling up their clothes, and the parents come in, and uh, the mom's like, looks at, at her daughter, and like, oh honey, it looks like you got a little bit of cinnamon roll glaze on you, and like, Wipes to come off her face and eats it. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen that. Uh, much of a oh, it's yeah. well, you know, like I wanted to see how end. it ended. They were having, <laughs> they were, they that's were like more a, of a story than an erotic film yeah. at that point. So anyway, um, they, yeah, they stated that you should get to decide what happens to your body after uh, after death, and if you want to bequeath someone for sex, then it should be okay. Which uh, I kind of agree with. I mean, yeah, we're all just bags of meat anyway. Yeah, we're all bags. But the the primary part party. However, denounced the Luf's proposal, saying 
that they Yucky. were nothing like their mother party endorses. Um, and then, like, you know, they're, like, some people take trophies, and uh, there's this, like... Um, Let me ask you an important question before yeah. we wrap up your segment. Is there a lot of necromantic porn? Did you look? Well, I didn't want to get too into it. Because my Google search history is already covered in necrophilia stuff, and I had a four-page paper in my uh, work drawer that said research at the top, and then immediately went into describing necrophilia. So I didn't want to go too into it. I'm sure it's out there. I'm sure, like, if you go on like darkfetishnet.com, you know, there's people who like will ask you to do stuff like that. One of the articles I read. But talked you, about, you haven't um, seen as much necrophilia porn as you have incest porn. Is what I'm getting at. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean you're, you're not you're not really going to find that motherless on maybe, but probably not on Pornhub. I doubt it. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of poo poo on motherless, and I feel like that's pretty close to a dead body. That's true. That makes me want to die. But there is a I did um, there is a dating site specifically for people in uh, the death industry. Nice. What's it called? Uh, dead meat. <laughs> no. Yes. Somebody killed it. Wow. Killed yeah, it. Yeah, someone really did. Alright, well let me uh, let me just throw in this last bit because I did some research. Uh, so in regard to New Jersey's law regarding corpses, there's not a specific uh, provision saying that you can't uh, bang bodies, but under statute uh, NJSA 2C colon 22-1. You said colon. Disturbing, desecrating human remains offenses. 1A, a person commits a crime of the second degree, which is serious business, uh, if he unlawfully disturbs, moves, or conceals human remains, unlawfully desecrates, damages, or destroys human remains, or commits an act of sexual penetration or sexual mm. contact as defined by NJS 2C colon 14-1 upon human remains. A person commits a crime of the third degree if he purposely or knowingly fails to dispose of a human remains in a manner required by law. C, as used in this act, human remains part of the body of a deceased person or the dismembered part of a body of a living person, but does not include cremated remains. Well, that's funny, because in some states it does include cremated remains. Yeah. Or some, something I read somewhere. Well, I think that they don't want to make it illegal to, like, transport, you know, people's ashes or whatever like that. So if you jizz into a thing of ash, you're still good. Yeah, I think you're still good, but if you penetrate a corpse, it's a second-degree offense, which means jail time. Wow. Yeah, potentially prison time. Yeah, and second offense is serious. You're not going to be fucking a corpse in prison. Yeah. You might become a corpse, but... Yeah. So what do you got for us, Alexa? Ben, first off, that was great. Great research. Um, I'm Thank out. you. I was hard the whole time. That was, that was really good. So I did my research on the furry community, um, which, like, is surprisingly non-erotic. Um... Right, but no, there's an erotic element. Well, there's yeah, a lot of the stuff I've I've uh, heard about is that like furries get like really angry and like you know we're not here to judge if you're a furry. No, or not if at all. You're, uh, thing. I mean, if you're a brony, I'm gonna judge you. But um, you know, if you like to dress up as an animal, cool. That's you know, it's whatever. Well, I thought this is what was so cool about it, and really, it's okay. So it's known as the furry fandom, and, and the documentary that I watched, which called um, Furries and Inside Look. It was like 36 minutes long and it really featured one-to-one um, -one interviews with people at this one specific convention in the Midwest. Um, Is it in Chicago? It uh, might have been. Probably. I'm not positive. That's where they have the big... They have a... Like, that is the biggest part of the furry fandom, the conventions. Um, but basically, 
furry fandom is a subculture interested in fictional anthropomorphic animal characters. So anthropomorphic meaning animals that have human characteristics. So think, yeah. and I always Listen, go back to Lola Bunny. Like, yeah, I don't care who you are. Well, if you didn't get a boner when you went to Space Jam, you weren't doing it right. Yeah, or, and it, my, I always think of Animorphs, but that's not really what Animorphs No, because Animorphs turn into actual yeah. animals. Yeah. There's no human But the books. But, yeah, the covers of the Yeah, in the middle. The middle yeah, guy. In the middle guy who looks... Yeah. I don't like the middle guy. <laughs> um, the downy one. Right, so it first started coming about, it originated in the 1980s, um, when groups were formed at like sci-fi conventions to specifically talk about anthropomorphic, anthropomorphic, I'm saying that right, characters in science fiction novels. Um, 80s so, was good decade. So basically well, there were, yeah, there were a bunch of sci-fi conventions going on and people were like, we're really interested in these characters, why don't we start a subsection and like talk about it and uh -huh. like, that's when it really, really started to um, pop off, and like huh. um, the biggest thing, and what I heard from a lot of the interviewers um, in this documentary was like the advent of the internet, and like people who thought that they only had this like they were alone in this feeling towards animals, like found a community online, and were like that was the second coming of pretended, <laughs> you know, because, like, they had these feelings, and they were like, oh, I have these feelings, but I just can't ever tell anyone about them. Well, not towards animals, towards... Towards anthropomorphic yeah, animals, yeah. yeah. To, to Lola. To Lola Bunny, yeah. I'm so, I still hit that. Or Roger Rabbit. Mm -hmm. I bet his dick it. is long. I mean, you've seen his wife. Yeah. I'm so, saying, I bet his dick is long. But the furry community is, like, you think of people in, like, the giant fursuits and all that different stuff, and really only about, um... 20% of furries, like, can invest the type of money to have those type of fursuits. Really, it's about, like, the fandom, which is the literature, the online communities, the visual art, and the conventions. So, bronies are a subsection of this, or...? I, you know, I didn't do any research on bronies. I find, I find it too deep. so interesting. Bob's Burgers does a great episode I've tried, it. Yeah, I've, so I've tried to understand every fandom that I can, just out of respect of being a fellow nerd and geek and, like... The, the bronies is the one like I, I just I can't understand I've watched the cartoon I, I like I don't yeah. know although I have seen some very attractive women in Rainbow Dash uh, cosplay but that's uh, it's a different story that's a different masturbation so yeah the the, the suits themselves can range anywhere from five hundred to ten thousand dollars so a lot of people wear partial suits which is just the tail the head and the like hands. Um, but Plus. they range all the way up to 10000 because people will, like, invest to give their suits animatronic qualities so they can, like, talk and do all this different stuff. And um, they're known as fursonas, right? And every person that was interviewed in the documentary had this little ID badge that had the picture of their character and the character's name. And they really went into what made them love the animal to begin with and, like, how they saw themselves a big guy in the furry fandom his name's uncle cage and um <laughs> that's a great fucking and he's name. like has a phd in like biomedical engineering and has like worked in that field as a life but is the chairman of these big conventions and like his alter ego was a samurai cockroach i bet he's like really really out of the norm because it's there's a lot of tigers and foxes and i bet, I bet he pulls a whole lot of pelt you know what i'm saying yeah I guy knows what he's yeah. doing um and it's interesting it's a predominantly male dominated society, right? So it's about 80% male. Um, I got this great quote off of the uh, Vanity Fair article I read, which is called, let me find it so I can give it credit, um, Pleasures of the Fur. Huh. Um, I've seen that point out. 
Yeah, Pleasures <laughs> of the Fur Vanity Fair by George Gurley. It's like ten pages long. It's super interesting look into a furry convention. And, uh, but I'll get back to that in a second. So, but I pulled a quote from that from this guy uh, known as the Ostrich. His real name is Marshall Woods. He's 39. He's a network administrator. A lot of the guys that go to these conventions work in computers. Does like a he big. dress up as an ostrich? Yeah, he's interesting. He got his name Ostrich because he took ballet classes and he wasn't really good at them. And someone compared him to the ostriches in Fantasia, I think, where they were like, you're trying really hard, but like you're just not getting it. Um, okay. It's an ostrich. Yeah. So, um, this is a quote he had where he said, I'm not really sure uh, myself that as many of them are as gay as they think they are. It's just more, you like this person because of who they are rather than for their body. And we find as the number of women increases, the number of people who thought they were gay but decided otherwise increases too. I know a couple people who thought they were gay until they met a furry girl. So huh. it's, it's interesting. Like, it's, it's, there's a lot of, and there's great statistics here, right? So, of the U.S. population as a whole, 1.8% of persons self-identify as bisexual and 1.7% as homosexual, according to the 2011 study from UCLA. Um, so the four different surveys done from fandom, um, about 14 to 25% of the fandom identify as homosexual and then 37 to 52% bisexual. So it's like a much more bigger gay population. And you can see with the people that are interviewed that they're like, just like super alternative people like who are really really open-minded and like all this different stuff as i imagine you have to be to be a part of this community but i i would think that also too it would be less about normal sexual orientation if everybody's in partial to full costume because then it's like you don't really care who's under that horse yeah. costume when you're doing it yeah, ostrich know, style it's was showing me some pictures earlier and that was some nice bad pussy that was good bad <laughs> pussy and and this is the thing right for a large part, the furry fandom is not sexual. Yeah. It's like a community where people get to meet people who think the way they do and like really love these characters. It's like right. themselves. Exactly. It's like role playing. But um, for the part who do take it as sexual, um, there's a bunch of lingo. And this is going to sidestep me because when I was doing research, I was like, well, this isn't like really what I was hoping I just saw I thought furries were just people in mascot costumes that like fucked constantly and I did this research I, I have a question yeah how much furry porn did you watch? we don't need to get into it okay at all but um that's not what it is so I was kind of like this is a this is a bummer I don't know if I can do this subject but then I found plushophilia and I was like great segue um who there are plushophiles in, and I'll get into it in a second, in the furry community, but like... That sounds both cute and so wrong. They're very, very separate from... So it's like the same kind of people that could also just get off and watch their sister blow their... Like, what, no. Or whatever. No. It's not no. like a fetish you just look up on, uh, on Pornhub? I'm on it. No, it's like, it's so much deeper than that. But within the furry community and the plush community, this is some of the lingo you need to know, okay? okay. So yif means sex. Yiffy means like horny or sexual, and yiff. So it's like yiff. Yeah, sure. Yiffy. Yeah, like a dog. Um, <laughs> yiffing means mating. So there's variations of yiff, and like when I was on the plush um, forum, they were basically like post, you know, your stories about your plushes. If they're gonna be yiffy, you just like put it in the subject line, and I was like, oh, how cool! I like know the lingo. I spell yiffy. Uh, y i f f y. Yiffing. Got it. So a fur pile, 
denotes a bunch of furries lying on top of one another affectionately. And what I found most interesting was scritching. So scritching is like when you affectionately groom another furry, um, be this by like petting them or like making it look like you're picking stuff out of their fur, just like rubbing them. Um, and then spooge means semen, um, which is a possible <laughs> outcome of a fur pile that can happen. <laughs> and a fervert is anyone who's sexually attracted to mascots. Um, so to get into yeah. plushophilia, yeah. um, it's, it's the devoted appreciation of and love for stuffed animals or plushies and plush toys. Such devotees are frequently called plushophiles, right? So it's like, what I found on the message boards is so interesting because it's not just these are guys that fuck stuffed animals. In a lot of ways, they do fuck stuffed animals. I mean, who hasn't? And they're... <laughs> There's this great guy, his name is uh, Fox, Fox Wolfie Galleon, and he is like, I'll show you a picture, he's like the most famous of the plushies, he was featured in Vanity Fair's, um, I mean, to be fair, Teddy Rutzman's the best that I've ever gotten. You can kind of see him there, that's him in his costume with all his animals, if you want to take a look at that real quick. He looks like Wilfred. Yeah, so, he is like really, really famous in the in the plushophile world, and, um, he has, like, hold on, uh, like, thousands Frank, and thousands. Frank, give me back my before you fall too deeply down the plushophile hole. Come yeah, on. he has thousands of, um, <laughs> plushes, uh. Frank just looked at a bunch of, uh, plushophile porn on my phone. Right, okay, cool. Um. Most of it's animated, actually, strangely enough. But it's interesting. Fox Wolfie Galleon uh, doesn't work. He, like, has such bad eyesight, like, the uh, government pays him $500 a month. Yes, yeah, he's got Social Security. Um, and he just, like, fucks stuffed animals. But it's, like, so much deeper than that because... Wait, hold on. What you're saying is all I need to do to get a bunch of free money is fuck a stuffed animal? No, that's not you're what I'm saying. go blind. Right. Uh, full blind. Full from fucking stuff Okay, so <laughs> that's what it did. This is this is a quote that I pulled um, from a psychologist. <laughs> I'm I'm about to start pulling something. Uh, I pulled this from um, the Wikifur art because Wikifur is like a thing. It's Wikipedia for furries. Yeah, I know. It's like Wiki, Wiki whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. So an article. So what I pulled from there is depending on the individual, sexual stimulation and plus toys may arise from purely sensual enjoyment may act as an aid for fantasy gratification and physical or mental stimulation alone or with another person, or may have an animistic or spiritual component. And animism is like, um, like an old-timey phrase where you would give like spiritual meaning to non-sentient objects, normally things that are part of nature, like things that are naturally occurring rather than plush toys, but I guess in this... I do that, but with Dave Fetty's butt. Um, so, so it's not just a sexual thing, like, and I'll read you a little thing I pulled from the message board. Um, but they make use of their toys in intimate ways to do so with a partner, um, while others experience such feelings towards a plush animal that they view them more than an inanimate object. So as like a friend, as a partner, as a lover, they. I read on some of the message boards uh, people who believe they have telepathy with their plushies, that they have conversations, that they can like. It's like people that really, love their real dolls. Yeah, it's like schizophrenia. It's like so deep. So I pulled. I, I, have, a, I have a question. Yeah. Um, so this is this, this is like people who want to have sex with stuffed animals, not 
people who just want to have sex with other people dressed up in mascot Yeah, this is totally different. A pl plushophilia, and, and this is the interesting thing. Like, you can tie them together because furries um, will take totems, which means they'll have a plush that, like, um, represents their character. Represents their character. Uh, an important symbolic object in furry spirituality used by a person to get in touch with specific qualities found within an animal which the person needs, connects with, or feels a deep affinity toward. So, like, you'll you'll see the sale of plush plushies at furry conventions. Like, they tie in, kind of, but it's a totally different thing in a lot of ways. And, um, like, I also saw, like, on the, the Reddit message board that I was reading, like, like, people get really intimate. Like, what I was showing you right before, like, there's mm -hmm. things about how to get semen, like, out of your plushies, like, step by step. Like, but stuff. they called it mayonnaise. They did call it how to get mayonnaise. Um, so, oh like, boy. how to clean it and keep it fluffy, and, like, a lot of them are like, I cover them with blankets to keep the dust off them and all this different stuff, and I read one that was like, I really like Sonic, I can't seem to find any good Sonic porn, can someone make that for me? And Oh, man, I've... Um, I have gone. I have seen. And then the other deviant art can be a dark, dark place. Well, that, and then deviant art. I was on, and they were talking about um, like would uh, fuck. I just lost it. Um, one of the Reddit threads was gonna come uh, fast. What do you do when you see a cute plush in public? Like, how do you react? And I was reading all the comments, and some were like, I try to keep it real cool if I can. Like, I'll touch him a little bit and. It's really tough that they're for sale, though, because if I pick them up, then I'm, I'm going to leave the store with them. Like, I have to buy them once I'm holding them and hugging them. And and then other, this one guy's like, I'll comment on how cute they are, but, like, know in my head that I'm thinking other things. And it's, like, super interesting. So, do they, did you find anything about, like, do they, like, kind of hole in it? Yeah. Fox Wolfie Galliant had, like, had... Wow, you dropped that name real quick. <laughs> had, uh... <laughs> I've been reading about this all day. Uh, they talk about the Vanity Fair article, how, like, they're ripped at the seams in some regards, and then, like, right before the interviewer left Fox Bookie's house, like, he was in one of his costumes and kind of gesturing towards the fact that there was a slit in his pants so he could take his dick out. And, like, well, he's dressed like an animal. Like, fuck these stuffed animals. Um, and, um, yeah. You, were you going to say something? No? I mean, I, you know, I, should I try it? I mean, cheap date. Is it cheap cheap, date? No, cheap I mean, date. I you know I collect a lot of bullshit, and my stuffed animals are expensive. Right? Yeah. Okay. So I mean, but like in terms of ongoing cost of dating and mating, mm -hmm. you know, it's not talking like decent hookup. Is price. it is it cheating? Do you think Mariah would be upset? Not if you, not if you, as long as you don't admit that you have a spiritual and sexual attraction to your toy. And yeah. You say I was just I mean, trying to bust a nut. Yeah. I guess we'll we'll find out yeah you know i mean look eddie's pretty concerned about the idea but i mean he is holding himself would he count as a plushie no i mean he is kind of soft but no he's not like fuzzy um, eddie is a uh skeleton i feel like we need to the course i think well, we I did the think... first episode we talked about eddie didn't we well eddie's just here it's we don't need to talk about eddie he's about right how here. you cut a hole in the bottom of him during our first podcast yeah you might need to look into some of this culture Frank's gonna start his whole new su his own subculture called Stickies. Uh, <laughs> Halloween decoration. Philia. <laughs> Philia. So I got rid of my other skeletons. Okay. Yep. Uh huh. Dot ru is um a great Russian, Russian website that devoted to of erotic it's Russian. furry fandom 
Um, so the, the more erotic side of furries, rather than plushy filiacs, um, you can find on that website why IFFRU is like really explicit. Do you think cartoon. Putin's on there somewhere? Like Big Bear Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> I am Big Bear Bruno, and I like to fuck my titty roll. Yeah, yeah. And then the Plush Love Forum. You can find the links to it on Wikifur. Um, is where I found a lot of my really interesting stuff. And I'm just gonna I'm gonna close it out by reading this um, this comment that was left by I don't have his username, but. Um, it's really weird, and it speaks to, like, how deep this goes in. Um, I think it was, like, the title was, uh, I Made My Horse Laugh. <laughs> and, um, so I'm just gonna read it. Go on. So me and my family were on vacation in Boston last weekend. Me and my mom were watching my niece and nephew while my sister and her husband went out to this award ceremony. My older nephew was getting an award from and directing. He's a TV producer major. So me and my mom and my horse, Prometheus the plush. We're with the kids at the hotel's pool. I take off my shirt and the following conversation ensues. Pro, so this is his plush that's talking to him. Oh my, it's father's chest. An asterisk. Half flirting because incest exists in my plushy family. So he's basically saying that's what the horse is saying. Wow, this is getting Me, deep. that's right, this amazing chest chiseled by the gods. And then he says, I swear, I never heard that horse laugh so hard in my life. It was hysterical. So, like, the shit goes deep. Not only is there incest in his plushy family, but, like, he's having full-fledged conversations with his plush <laughs> on a vacation with his family. And honestly telling some really mediocre jokes, but maybe that's just, like... <laughs> it's not even a I mean, joke. No, it's I not. Mean, but listen, it's, I not, read that, and I was, like, so... I thought I'm I was missing something. I'm not here to judge. You know, I've, I've gone down some dark and twisted porn holes in my time, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, uh, they, like, that sounds like schizophrenic. I mean, all in all, this is fascinating. Like, we started to watch the movie tonight, and Frank was yelling, not yelling at me, but commenting on the fact that I wasn't paying attention, because, like, uh, you I was so deep in a Reddit thread about plushophilia, because it's so fucking interesting, and I did no justice tonight. Like, I just scraped 1% of the culture that is very fandom- and also plush of uh, Sounds like uh, plush of has got to do a lot more scraping, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i really into it, so I I'm sure it could have covered a lot more, but um, my brain is so full of furry porn and fucking stuffed animals. What do you What do you think is the best... Alright, alright, quick roundabout. For Dick Fetty, what, if you had to choose one stuffed animal, famous stuffed animal possible, to fuck, what would it be? Could it be a stuffed animal of anything? Sure. Yeah, or it could be like a famous one, like Beanie Babies, whatever. Oh, um, I think I would probably fuck the platypus Beanie Baby. Platting? Patty? Yeah. I think it was Patty? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what comes to my mind. I'm gonna go out fucking an animal. Yeah, yeah. a stuffed animal. <laughs> <laughs> that's I don't question. think that I have one. Probably one of those big big huge teddy bears from the carnival they, yeah that are like like carnival the size well, of would me. you just like grind on it or would you like throw a strap on on that bitch I think I'd have to put a strap on yeah I'm, I'm gonna like my mom said she wanted to listen to this podcast at one point okay thinking, well I'm gonna say tickle me Elmo cause it vibrates it's a 
and and it's cute. Mm-hmm. I love you. Yeah, and he'll, yeah, he'll yeah, tell you that yeah. he loves you. Like, yeah, you know, bitch, you do. I can't, you know, it's. Yeah, I've been married for three months now, and like, you know, it's I I gotta be in love to fuck. But, but is it tickle me Elmo a plushy scenario? Yeah, it's, so. it's it's still it's yeah. still like. But Elmo's a like a it's anthropomorphic just, red thing. Right, but it's still a plushy. Yeah. Because they are stuffed. I think the original ones just had, like, the voice box and the vibrator in it. So, I mean, I'm sure, like, you know, when that when that thing came out, the the plushy fucking community really skyrocketed yeah, for a, a while. That would be yeah. now. See, now I want to just drop that. your balls on his head and look at him go. My yeah. thing is, like, you know, and once again, I'm not trying to judge, but uh, how many of these people are, like, walking down that Target stuffed animal aisle, like, that's a great well and that was another thing that was on the reddit thing he was like i have to touch him a little bit but then ignore the fact that like there's a tent in my pants and walk out as fast (laughs) as i can yeah but i also think it's the way that like 12 year olds talk about sex like uh you know people on the internet like talk about things in a way that's probably not totally true yeah that's true so yeah that's uh furry fandom and plushophilia Dick Fetty, we're going to have you bring us to Climax. Alright, well that's not going to be hard considering my topic. So I'm going to be hard. Um, so I chose to cover tentacle porn. Uh, it's an interest of mine already, so it wasn't that hard to do the research because <laughs> I've done a lot of it. Um, so the origins, basically, it's maybe the first uh, printing of it, or pa- de- depiction of it, visual depiction, um, in Japanese art, it's certainly the most famous. Uh, it starts with the dream of the fisherman's wife, uh, also known as Tako Toama or Octopuses and Shell Diver. The artist, <laughs> the artist was Hokusai, and uh, it was first published in 1814. It was a Yukioi woodblock print. And for those who have seen it, it's famous. It's a woman, and there's two octopuses, and they're making sex with her. And it's, it's hot candy. Really hot candy clam. Yeah, and it's like the Yukioi prints are like woodblock prints that they did. Like there's all the Mount Fuji ones. There's the um, the 47 Samurai. The um, tsunami one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all those, those are woodblock prints, which is a traditional Japanese art style that goes like way back. Um, and I have uh, family friends who live in the San Francisco area. And when I was out there, I think in 2007, um, the my friend's mom is a docent at the Asian Art Museum and they were having an exhibit on sex what? uh a a docent. Docent. it's like a tour guide in a museum. Oh, yeah. Okay. So um they were having this exhibit on sex and Japanese art and so a lot of it dealt with the uh censorship of sex in Japan and the way that animated um art got around that. And so, uh, tentacle porn itself is like something that basically originates out of Japan. Uh, there's depictions a little bit in some other cultures, but it's really like a Japanese-oriented thing. They just love tentacles. I mean, we've all watched the hentai where the monster man with 20 dicks is slithering around every part of this woman's body. You know? I have never... It, listen, hentai is great. Yeah, we're going to get to that, though. So I'm sorry, I got yeah. excited. So anyway, they had um, one of the original prints of the fisherman's wife, which I had seen myself previous to that, but it was cool. They had that there. They started the exhibit with it. And then they went on, the exhibit ended with these paintings that were just like sticky streams of jizz. Like it was like, it would be like a huge magenta, like eight by like 16 foot like canvas that was like all like this brutal magenta and then just like red, like white, just like 
shooting across it, you know, to represent jism. Mm -hmm. and it was interesting, and there was a mixture of like commercial pornography, um, and then uh, you know, like more avant stuff like that, and the original woodblocks and all the rest. Well, there's a, there's that woman who um, was a Japanese who was like really famous for like taking casts of her vagina and then like like sculpting into things. Like I think one of them I saw, she made like. Her vagina was like part of this like grassy hill with all this other stuff, mm. and then yeah. did she get arrested for making her uh, like her vagina into a canoe? I don't know what it was for, but she did get in trouble at some point because they got sick of that. <laughs> but basically, um, it really starts as a pornographic sexual interest um, in the '80s because of a way to get around censorship. Mm. So in Japan, we talked about previously, you can't show the tip of the penis, you can't show pubic hair, or, well, like, the pubic region to a point and whatever, and so you can't show a, a, a dingus going into a hoo-ha, and uh, the Japanese people were like, we want to get as many dicks as possible in this scene, but we just can't do it. What are we going to do? They're like, boom, tentacles, and thus it was born. So according to Wikipedia, um, the first animated uh, showing of tentacle porn was in the OVA Giver Out of Control, which is an adaptation of Biobooster Armor Giver, um, and it was funny to me because, well, first of all, I looked for that immediately. I couldn't find it, but I didn't dig that deep. I, I think I've seen that movie, but I don't really remember. There's a scene where this woman gets penetrated in every orifice with tentacles. Definitely up my alley. I know I saw the movie as a kid, the animated one, as like a teenager probably, but I, one of the first movies I ever saw that was an adaptation of anime was the two Giver films they did. I used to watch yeah. those when I was like eight or nine. And uh, there's a lot of beasts and, and there's a lot of touching and slobbering tongues and Japan's great. So anyway, um, how I know Tentacle Born best is La Blue Girl. That was like really one of my yeah. first entrances into uh, hentai generally. There used to be a website called it was like Dragon Ball Triple X or something, and the picture on it was like Goku and like the other one banging the chicks from Sailor Moon, and then you would click on it and it'd take you to like uh, Triple Hentai. I forget. It was awesome. It's this was what all animated. Oh yeah, Hentai. Yeah, well, because I mean, all well, we're gonna get into real Tentacle right. stuff. We'll, we'll 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 show you some Hentai later. Yeah. So, but you know. For those who haven't seen it, you know, just look up Tentacle Porn on any website and you're going to find a whole heck of a lot. You want to go to dedicated hentai sites to get the good stuff, but well, Blue Girl is one of the more famous movies that was had a lot of tentacle stuff. And the, the premise of um, La Blue Girl is uh, Miko Mido, who's 16, uses her sex craft ninjutsu to take on a race of sex-hungry demons led by Miko's father. And then one of her, uh, like... Uh, yes the guys on her like squad or whatever is this like dwarf dude who like films everything and then she bangs him later and there's all sorts of like lolita aspect and 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 incest and tentacles and it's, it's actually just, got a pretty good story to it yeah no and it's a good anime i mean it's like it's hot candy but like it, it's it's well known in america it was popular here they made localizations of it they changed her age because you know we're we're concerned about that um <laughs> tentacles stayed in it Regardless, and the scene, my understanding is the scene where she bangs a dwarf is cut because mm. they didn't. The, the dwarf looks like a child, and it was too pedophilic for them. But mm. you used to be able to buy it at like Suncoast Video, rented at video stores. 
I mean, I remember seeing it as a kid, and I had a friend who was legendary because he worked at Suncoast who so could buy all the hentai that came in. Mm. So it's the, that's where I got my first copy of uh, Bible Black. Bible which Black, is which also has super good stuff and you know, verging on tentacles. And a witch lady who can uh, produce a penis from her vagina is really. Yeah, well, which also La Blue Girl can do. She can turn her clit and enlarge it into a, it's, it's a penis to arouse her female rivals. Wow. Well, yeah. that's called Fudo. That's a whole different yeah. thing and, and for another day. But the point of the story is, if you want to see an early look at, like, classic tentacle, like, hev- t- heavily tentacle-oriented hentai, La Blue Girl's a good one. They made several of the series after. There was another one. The original was 92 to 93, then it's 1993, then there was 1994 over, and then in 2001 they did another one. And I can remember downloading La Blue Girl clips on WinMX, for those who remember, which was a peer to peer network, and later on Kazaa. Kazaa. Yeah, Kazaa. And uh, it, was, it was like some of the earliest hentai I saw and like set the tone for what I expected from hentai. And in the 90s, like mid to late 90s, like you were, when, you know, it was before Tsunami, it was before uh, Adult Swim, it was like, what I knew about anime was like Vampire Hunter D, Akira, Ninja Scroll, and like a ton of like Urban Visions VHSs that were all like tentacles and rape and like boobies getting slathered by like beasts with tongues, and like that was like what I grew up with. Like that was the anime that I knew and loved, you know? And then they come in with all this the like... long tongues wrapping around the titties. Yeah, exactly. All this plot-driven nonsense and whatever. It's, mm. I mean, it's like cowboy bebop. What even is that? Oh, but, you uh, shut your whore mouth. I'm just kidding. Mm. But um, anyway, so um, I did a little bit more research into, you know, tentacle porn outside of Japan. Um, they see that in terms of U.S. video, Roger Corman's short film Dunwich Horror, which is an adaptation of, uh, it's really not so much the Dunwich Horror, it's a mixture of um, H.P. Lovecraft stories. We should watch that. Has a short scene of tentacle rape. And I, I have not seen that one, although I've seen a lot of Roger Corman films. He's famous for his uh, Edgar Allan Poe adaptations, yeah. Pit and the Pendulum, House, Fall of the House of Usher, uh, as well as being like involved in... Um, that movie was on Netflix. For a little while, I don't know if it still it is. It was, yeah. Um, but I've not seen that. And then the other more famous and well-known uh, live-action U.S. tentacle type of scene is in The Evil Dead, when the trees yep. rape and murder the lady when she mm-hmm. runs out of the house, which is a hot scene. And I remember the first time I watched that movie, I was coming off of hallucinogens, and I was uh, it was like mm, ten in the morning, and I was at my parents' house back in high school. And, like, it's real loud. Like, she's really getting wailed on by these trees. And, like, my parents are, like, doing stuff around the house. And my mom goes, and she's like, what the hell are you watching? And I'm like, I'm kind of tripping. So, like, I don't even really know. I know I'm aroused. I'm confused. I love trees. It was, uh... How is that tentacle-based, though, if it's trees? Well, it's, well, it's the same idea of, like, like being penetrated by, like, multiple things that are not human and also like the, the it's like vines and the vines are very like tentacle-esque so yeah if you haven't seen that movie it's one of well, my favorites yeah. i need to watch some tentacle porn after this because i'm down really yeah lost. yeah so the the evil dead is is not a tentacle porn no. you know it's just a seminal horror film yeah but um but yeah so that was an example of that and then basically like the genre has developed into its own thing and just like all other aspects of hentai there's uh, continues to be mainstream movies with um, like you know mainstream hentai that's like big studio based and whatever and there's plenty of tentacles. There's like a whole tentacle like sub genre that's like just mainly tentacle based stuff. 
But there's also great doujin for it. And, um, like, there's a website called hentairules.net, I want to say. Uh, it's a doujin-based website. The guy is... I forget if he's based in France or where it is, but he gets mostly translated... Um, uh, doujin that are scanned and you can search by genres and whatever. And that, that was that was hentairules.net? Yeah, I think it might be rules with a Z. And, um, <laughs> of course it is. And so, no, it's not. Uh, but anyways, uh, there's like, you know, there's there's a thriving and still ongoing um, tentacle-based, uh, you know, hentai doujin and, and, and professional made. And when I was just in Japan, I picked up some of that. And it was good. <laughs> you picked up more doujin? Yeah, I picked up more doujin and some of these tentacle stuff. I think that it was actually Persona 5 uh, doujin with tentacles. What? Yeah, it's, it's weird. Um, so anyways, you know, it's something that's well and alive. And the other reason I picked this subject is uh, there is an amazing uh, Japanese guy, studio, whatever you want to call it. I don't remember the guy's name. And it doesn't seem like they're really active in producing new content. But when I lived in Japan in 2009, it was still going on. There's a website called Genki. And um, Vice does a really good, interesting documentary with the guy who created the studio. But he used to be, I think it was, he used to be a cook. I watched the documentary a long time ago. I didn't get to rewatch it before we did this. But um, he was either in the food industry or whatever, and he decided that like everybody loves food and everybody loves sex. Why doesn't he combine the two? And so it's famous for um, he uses real women and then would use a mixture of both prop and real animals and film these like hardcore scenes. So it would be like girls with like actual octopuses shoved up in them, crawling all over them. They'd use prosthetic ones as well. Now octopuses are pretty dangerous. They've got big hard beaks. They could take a chunk out of something important. But they use cockroaches, they use snakes, they use uh, reptiles. Yeah, and so like the a lot of the Genki videos are not the just the the animal stuff. There's a lot of them that are just like strangulation, and they that might even be a subsite. I used to be a member um, way back when, but all those videos are on our laptop, sadly song long destroyed. Um, but uh, it's it's really wild stuff and it almost comes off more as like almost like a Hieronymus Bosch like like way overdone like baroque period of art kind of thing it's mm. like that renaissance like paintings where like everything's super active except for it's real and they're videos and so the girls are sometimes enjoying it sometimes they're faking it sometimes they're definitely not into it and it's like a really interesting mix of like animals and sex and food and whatever but, I mean, at the end of the day, like, you see Law Blue Girl and you see a tentacle beast, like, bang a girl with 20 tentacle dicks, and then you watch, like, a girl get a live octopus put in her, like, it's erotic, but it's more of, like, I don't know, it didn't really do it for me. The strangulation videos are more my style, but it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, the website's still up. I checked it this morning. Um, it's, like, look for Genki tentacle porn, and you'll probably find it pretty easy. I forget what I had to search for it. And then you can also search on Vice for the documentary. So, um, you know, it's it's like a... There's not that much to say other than it's an exclusively... Well, it started as an exclusively Japanese interest and it's developed elsewhere. But it still is, in Japan, oh, relatively mainstream. It's mm. one of, like, the weirder kinks that's known outside of Japan by, like, a lot of people. Anybody who's had any contact with hentai has probably seen yeah. tentacle stuff. And... Um, Wow. Oh, yeah, that's it. Ben's showing. My like, God. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, 
That's a lot more drippy than I thought it'd be. Oh, I don't yeah. know why I thought it would be less drippy. But uh, I'll end with this this anecdote because I had more, but for time constraints, I'm going to just end with this one. So um, the Genki Studio put out a book that had high-quality stills of images from all their best uh, films they did. And um, one of the guys in the Finnish noise scene uh, was talking about it and said he picked it up when he was on a trip to Japan. So, And that was about a year before I was living there. And so when I was living there, I was like, I got to get this book because they didn't sell it online as far as I could find. And it was like a, it would be like a really fantastic coffee table book to get, you know, I've seen. Yeah, these, these girls are hot. And um, so, but I'm not very good at speaking Japanese and you have to kind of go to specialty bookstores for it. But in Japan, they got bookstores all day. So I basically drunkenly made my friend who was Japanese go around with me and I drew out the kanji that is the Genki logo, which is not the normal Genki uh kanji because genki means like you're doing well it's mm -hmm. like it's like a word in everyday use yeah but this is like genki from a different kanji and uh i went from bookstore to bookstore and they'd be like we've never seen this kanji before what are you looking for and then i would have to have my friend explain in japanese to these poor salespeople. <laughs> i was looking for a book of like women being penetrated by octopuses and all the rest <laughs> but it was like real porn at which point like they would just like give me this blank stare and we'd go to the next bookstore. I never did get the book, and when I was just there again, I looked, but I don't know, it's like one of those long lost treasures. Uh, so if you have a copy of the book, and you're willing to sell it, let me know. Mm. But um, definitely worth checking out, just for the art sake of it, but uh, if you uh, come for the art, you might stay for the porn. Yeah. So, um... And uh, never be ashamed of liking hentai, because hentai rules. Yeah, not to plug the site or anything. But, um... Yeah, so I think that's pretty much covers our, our three different kinks. Um, mm. You know, Kinky. if you're into whatever, whatever, as long as you're not, you know, banging <coughs> children, it's pretty much all right in my book, so. Including corpses? What, the corpse of a child? Uh, corpses in general. Oh, I don't, yeah. I mean, aren't we all the same in death? Yeah, no, yeah. we're bags of meat already. If you didn't kill the person to have sex with them, I would say it's okay in my book. I don't even care, as long as you're not killing or touching kids. Yeah. Yeah. You can kill adults. Yeah, yeah kill adults. Let's. I'm I not thought gonna, the killing part was more universal, but I guess yeah, I think just you kids. want to cleanse. Yeah. Okay. We need to you know, purge. Yeah. So uh, purge you guys want to watch some fucking tentacle porn? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, I do. I need to know about this shit. So uh, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll be back next time with more uh, more depravity. We love you guys. Did I ever say that this was most awful? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> you definitely did. Okay. We're Motel Hell. We love you. Bye. Bye.